Yes, a good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Drive. Uh, here we are at the start of another week. And let me tell you, it's going to be a very busy week here at the Optus Stadium precinct. If you don't know and you're listening in for the first time, the SENWA Studios are uh, based here at Optus Stadium overlooking the Canfield and the Nicky Winmar statue and the Madagara Bridge. It's a great little precinct and it's great to be here. And it's great to have Kim Hagdorn joining us on the program as well. A weekend where there were no wins for either of our footy clubs. No, neither team won. Exactly. I thought, <laughs> I, thought, I thought they would have to say initially that perhaps, just perhaps, I don't like to justify West Coast losing, and I believe they, sh- they should win. When you look at the amount of youngsters in the Hawthorne team, the amount of old blokes in the West Coast team, surely experience would count yeah. for something. But uh, So we'll try to defend West Coast to a smaller degree because I think out of yesterday, surely, 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 please, Peter, they can have a win over St Kilda because Friday night they were appalling. Their lack of uh, cohesion, lack of apparent team harmony and their misuse, their bombing of the footy would suit West Coast, I reckon, this coming Sunday here at the stadium. Even if it's a wet day, if, if Tom Barras has a good day, then I think mm. St Kilda are going to struggle to score. And Max King... He's playing like a spoiled brat. He's, he's spat it. He's not playing good footy. Getting up on the wing for his possessions, that's not where you want a, mm. a, a budding forward superstar. As for Fremantle, uh, massive week for them, I see it, yeah. Peter. Uh, uh, the uh, game against Richmond Saturday and Friday night is – I'm calling it the game of the round mm. by quite some margin. There's some other important games, Port Adelaide and Geelong, Port – they're, they're clinging. I, th- I keep saying it week after week. I don't I think, think they gone. can make I it. I think yeah. they're gone. I think they're in Gold Coast. And it's interesting on the weekend, you looked at the way the results panned out. St Kilda, far cry from round two here yeah. where King yeah. demolished the Fremantle Dockers. We thought he's going to have a heck of a season. It just hasn't materialised. And then Richmond kick 11-22 and hand North Melbourne their second win of the season. I just couldn't get my head around that. And then the Gold Coast were insipid yesterday with so much on the line against mm-hmm. Essendon who have battled all season. Essendon at home, though, and they have been coming a little bit Essendon. Yeah, they have. Times. There's some good kids. But Gold Coast got well beaten yesterday. There's some, well, they've been up and about for quite some time. And, they, and when you start to celebrate those... You know, the small accomplishments like, oh, let's extend uh, Stewie Dew's contract. He's headed towards, we're on the brink of finals. He's headed towards the best season ever. You start celebrating too early and sport bites you in the backside, mm. particularly the AFL. It's an, it's an uncompromising. You only have to be slightly off because of your arrogance or your complacency or you're just having a down day or you've played an injured player that you should have. Whatever the reason is. Ordinary size can get you if you give them half a chance. And that's what North Melbourne did after the week they'd been through. Everything to gain, nothing to lose. And played with a new spirit. Played with a new spirit. And there was a couple of tactical moves, a bit like what Mark McVeigh did at GWS when he first took over from Leon Cameron. One or two different uh, strategies can invigorate an individual, plus his mates around him. Stevenson was good for North Melbourne yeah. on Saturday, I thought. Zeeble looked different. Oh, and guess who led the ruck? Guess who started in the ruck? One of the greatest club men that they've currently got, in mm. possibly the great club, greatest club in, Todd Goldsmith, led the ruck. He's been playing in a forward pocket and bench and a little bit of uh, on-ball time under David Noble. You only have to create something, and certainly also Sydney did that on Saturday night 
at half time. Yeah. Let's have a listen firstly. Let's go back uh, to Saturday night. Here's Justin Longmuir, who I think everybody would confess was simply outcoached by, uh, of course, John Longmire, Dean Cox, and the Sydney Swans coaching staff. Yeah. Start of the second quarter, we lost a bit of ascendancy around stoppage, which led to field position and spent a little bit of a pattern. Once we lose field position, we find it hard to get. It, we're finding it hard to get out of our back 50. So that's probably been a bit of a pattern. So we need to fix that. We're just constantly getting stuck in our back half. Yeah, and then obviously the third quarter they started kick mark, and um, we're just way too slow to react to that. And um, you know, shouldn't shouldn't cough up <clears throat> high 40 marks for a quarter. And I think they had 80, 80 mid 80s uncontested marks in the second half. It's, we're just way too slow to adjust. So, um, yeah, I thought they had better energy around the ball. Um, their second and third efforts were better. Um, they won contests ahead of the play, which gave them field position, and they won contests behind the play, which denied us field position. So so that's the coach of the Dockers. For me, when I walked away uh, after broadcasting the game, I, I, I thought to myself, it's a lottery with Fremantle. Sometimes it works in the forward line. And they've been kicking some good scores. And other times it doesn't work. There is no confidence whatsoever with the attacking line for Frio, whether they'll be up one week or up consistently to kick match-winning scores. I think I mentioned last week they have been certainly hitting the scoreboard a lot better this season and scoring points, 100 points, which was so far away from what Fremantle used to deliver even under Ross Lyme. But again, it's sprinkled by these inconsistent performance. Tabernacle. Lob, um, you know, the forward line just was non-existent. And I kept saying, there's no way Frio win this game because they've got no avenues to goal. How much can you persevere? Like Tabernacle really spent, and as Mike from Piamara pointed out, Tabernacle spent more time in the midfield than the forward line. Should they stick with him as he's either inconsistent or injured or maybe move him on? Oh, I'm not That's sure. Mike. You could think about moving him on. I, I don't think they will because we know we, we know what they're doing, Fremantle strategy, to make room for Luke Jackson. It'll be moving Rory Lobb on. So Tabernacle has to stay, Peter. Mm. They have to work on him. They have to get him. I mean, what's he played? He's played 66 games in six seasons. So he's injury prone. He's not confident in, within and, his and own body. And he missed that simple he, goal. Yeah. So he's, he's not confident within his own, I suppose, emotions. He's not a strong character. He hasn't got that sort of really steely resolve of a Wayne Carey, for instance, or a Josh Kennedy. He hasn't got that. But they'll have to work and tolerate with that because the lob is being moved on. Jackson comes in. So that, that's one area. But I thought also Justin Longmuir's comments you know, post-match and they played again, Peter, for us to hear and, and analyse, where is, we were too slow to react. Who's we? Is that – does he expect the players on the ground to take that initiative? We were too slow to react. At least he did say we – Oh, my suspicion is that it's the coaching group. I mean, they just didn't change their game, Fremantle. No. Fremantle sat back and waited for their preferred game to come about. And Sydney did not allow that. That's where it was was top coaching and then implementation and strategy followed by the Sydney players. And simple things like, you know, we couldn't break it, couldn't run it out of our back half. That was because Sydney's forwards, the likes of Papley and Heaney, very dangerous players, and even even Franklin, who didn't come up. You talked about there, or someone sent us a text in, Mike, what, what, Tamina getting possessions on the wing. Well, that's where Max King goes to get his possessions. That's where Jack Darling goes to get his possessions. There's too much of it. 
if if Jeremy Cameron goes up to get possessions at the wing, you've still got big Tom Hawkins in the goal square, mm. and Jeremy Cameron will finish up with 30 possessions and are pushing towards a best-on-ground contention if he gets possessions at the wing. But he still does kick his two or three goals a game because him and Hawkins have a cooperation where one stays closer and one stays goes further up the field. Fremantle can't do that. And Fremantle's defenders were dragged deeper. Normally Fremantle's defenders, like they're running defenders. You didn't see Clark the other night, did we? We didn't see him run the ball no. out of defence like we have done at times. You didn't see Young. You didn't see Chapman running the ball out with gay abandon, playing basketball and freewheeling football, which is Fremantle's game. If they can't get their game going, Fremantle, for mine, that's when they're very susceptible. That's when they can get beaten. That's when we've been, seen beaten by Carlton, when, they, when they're beaten up heavily by the big bodies around the ball. To, on Saturday night, it was more of an open game, a different strategy to stop Fremantle's run. And part of it was for their forwards to stay very a clo- lot deeper, closer to goal, rather than get dragged up. So then that allows Fremantle's running players to run from around about the, the, the back of the centre square, not from deep in the, mm. the defensive arc. And then... They held their defence as well. They didn't have enough Fremantle out of their forward line, as you say, against a very strong – the McCartan boys and Rampy uh, are outstanding defenders and they read it well. They're like soccer goal uh, goalkeepers for mine. They know how to read it so much better than most teams in the comp. Can I just say, and we mentioned in the commentary on Saturday night, I reckon all the clubs, and they've still got to play – uh, Fremantle, as I look at the games coming up, Richmond at Marvel, yep. Melbourne here, Western yep. Bulldogs at Marvel, West Coast in the Derby, and GWS at Marnica. Do you is see that, them beating Richmond? No, what I think I was just going to say to you, Hags, is those clubs now would have taken that game in, oh, recorded yeah. it. Is that the blueprint that we need to play against Fremantle? And if we do execute it, we will beat them. Well, I thought the blueprint to beat Fremantle was Gold Coast and Collingwood in rounds nine and ten. That's when, even though they were damp conditions, they were wet conditions, mm. but we did stay back back on those respective Mondays. It was the game that was created, the, the close contact, the heavy bodies around the ball, the slower movement that brought Fremantle unstuck. Carlton did it similarly, but it was a quicker moving game, and I thought Sydney at times moved, but again, that's a slower moving game. They, yes, it is the blueprint. The bottom line is heavy bodies around the ball because – Fremantle's most important ball winners and distributors are their smaller boys. Brayshaw and Sarong, Brody didn't have anywhere near the same effect. And Brayshaw move, took ages to get into the game. Well, he had six possessions to half time because of the attention Mills in particular, I thought, was paying on, on Andrew Brayshaw. Freed up a little bit because Sydney had gone into a different game. Let's wait till Fremantle come to us. We will win it back and then chip and pass our way through their zone. They stayed with the zone defence, Fremantle. Why not man up a bit more? Mm. And again, that's where, you know, in my notes here, uh, Fremantle had no answer. No answer. No alternative in game style to counter Sydney's alterations during halftime into the third quarter and then the second half. So Fremantle depend heavily on run from defence and run and win, win the ball and then run from congestion. If it doesn't happen, they have no, no recovery. They have no plan B, C and D. It has to be their own way, which is so freewheeling. And that's why Mundy has had a very encouraging run to about their bye. David Mundy, should, there should be no consideration to David Mundy playing on next year because he's one of their problems when the, tra- when the going gets really heavy and they can't win the ball. And so too was Nathan Fife. Okay, that's where I wanted to go. One so, kick, so 14 at three time, at three-quarter time, they put Brayshaw and Sarong onto the wings. 
and Fife was in for the centre circle along with Aish. And Fife still couldn't win enough footy to get them back in the game. He, he's become a, he's become a problem. You were going to say something started with L, weren't you? Yeah, but yeah. We, we yeah. can't go that strong yet. Well, only, only because of the pay scale I'm on. Um, mm. Different circumstances. I, I'd be willing well, to be a lot stronger because I think he's a problem to Fremantle. He's not in their best on ball around the centre circle combination. So it was the week before a bit of a smoke screen. He played a very good second half and everybody thought, here we go. And all of the a sudden. He's killed her the previous yeah, week. And Peter. then, of course, he come back home, one kick, 14 handballs. And I called a lot of the you know, that handballs. Kick, that Some kick, of those handballs weren't going anywhere. He just I, wanted to get rid of the ball. Yeah. And, and I. <sighs> I, I've got this sort of sneak, awful suspicion that he's a bit wary of contact, Nathan Fife. I mean, we know he hasn't been back for long, and we, we kept getting told it's going to take five or six, six weeks for Nathan to work into his best. Well, I'd like to, have, I'd like to see a better game four than what we saw at the weekend if he's building towards a, a, a top form by game six. Because I just don't feel it, don't see it. And I think he's wary of contact as well. That's mm. why he's distributing of the ball quickly by hand. That one kick he had was six-minute mark of the second quarter. So he's gone effectively three quarters with, with no, no kick. No. Okay, you can get involved with us now. A few texts already coming through. We'll acknowledge those in a moment. One uh, wants to talk about Roy from Templestone in Victoria. Wants to talk about Nick Dacos. We'll come to him in a moment. And also, uh, there's no name on this. You watch the Eagles. They'll lose to Saints. We have continually lost to teams we normally beat year in, year out. We'll come to the Eagles in just a tick. But if you want to get involved with us, temper a bedshed text line. This is the number if you're listening for the first time. 0487 736 736. Uh, Bedshed experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. You can check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. And the Scarborough Toyota open line is open now where you can buy all makes and models and sell them as well at Scarborough Toyota. 131255 is their number and they're situated in Scarborough Beach Road in Aussie Park. So as we leave... Fremantle, take a break and come back with the West Coast Eagles. Of course, you're happy to talk about Frio any time to our callers. Uh, local product from at Willerton, East Fremantle. He's taken a couple of seasons to get into it. Chad Warner, oh. just freewheeled on Saturday night. Well, he was clearly he, best on ground, he? Wasn't was he? best on ground. Clearly yeah. best on ground. Uh, I, 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 then there was a string of candidates to join him. Um, and I th- just, but he's been coming for a while. I've, I, he's been someone that has, is roundly and weekly among Sydney's better few players. And again, I think he perhaps, you know, some sides would, would they slightly underestimate him? You know, if you've got Parker, Kennedy's not playing at the moment, but the bigger names, Mills, especially around the ball, uh, he gets a bit underestimated, I think, mm. but he's a, and he distributes it so well. Okay. And Martin and Lynch have been ruled out of Richmond's important clash with Freo on Friday night. And the big question mark remains with Martin. Sidelined since round 16 with that hammy. It was, but what was it? Ham, hamstring. Awareness. Awareness. And, and he'll be back. He'll be back next week. Yeah. Uh, so he's out again. And Lynch is also dealing with a hammy. Well, even and, with St Kilda. And he'll miss that game St. Kilda, on Friday. St Kilda on Friday night with the talk about uh, Paddy Ryder. Oh, no. Just, just a little bit slight, little bit of a calf, Nickel. He, Nickel, just a precaution. He's off. Won't play again this year. No, out for the rest of the season. We'll take a break. Come back with Leashies Online, plus any of your texts. They're coming through. Uh, 0487 736 736. That's the temper of bedshed text line. 0487 736 736. Probably wasn't the most prettiest game to watch. Uh, conditions were, were pretty difficult, and I thought. Um, 
you know, we came with the right intent, a couple of fundamentals in the first quarter, but we, we started well. We haven't won many first quarters this year. So the second quarter was, was disappointing, and probably the, the contest around the grounds, you know, the, in general play. has worked a bit harder, read the cues a bit earlier than us, uh, the Hawks, and uh, they jumped away a little bit, but we dug in there. Uh, you know, some of the numbers that, and the wins we're looking for around the tackles, we had, we had a good day, 80 to 48 tackles, but sometimes that means you're second to the ball. So, yeah, pressure factor was high, but we, we, couldn't, we couldn't match them in the work rate contest area. There you go, Adam Simpson on the back end of yesterday's game. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to Lee in a sec. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts just I, briefly on what he had to say? Uh, again, he's defending the, you know, what I find indefensible, and he's making excuses. Contested possessions, Hawthorne 163 to West Coast 130. Uh, inside 50s, Hawthorne 56, West Coast 44. West Coast better players. Barras was by far their best mm. player yesterday. Hearn, Shuey, Gaff, Cripps, Kelly. I mean, we're going to see some kids amongst their best players at some stage. Hawthorne yesterday, Josh Ward, he's 19 and he's playing his 10th game, possibly best on ground. Will Day, 21, he's playing his 28th game. Jai Newcomb, again, a candidate amongst Hawthorne's best players. He's 21, playing his 25th game. Connor McConnell, McDonald, 19 years of age. You know, bobs up and kicks goals on the run. Uh, Dylan Moore, one of the best Hawthorne players in the game, 22 years of age. Yeah, Morris, 21. Reeves, the big ruckman, 23. James Bank playing on Josh Kennedy, outpointed him for three quarters. He's 21, playing his mm. fourth game. Why do we not see that type of player at West Coast at this stage of a so-called rebuild instead of all the old blokes and a bunch of blokes that you go, I'm not sure you can play. Mm. Uh, Josh Wood, by the way, has been awarded this week's Rising Star nominee. Okay. Oh, he go. was probably oh, he was among the best few on the ground. You could make a case for Josh Wood to be the best on the ground yesterday. Okay. Uh, Kylie sent in a good text. We'll come to yours in a moment, Kylie. Let's go to Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Hi, guys. How are you going? Hi, Lisa. Um, firstly, Haggers. Yep. Joy Cully. He's he's he was pretty good yesterday. Oh, he had a crack, I, as he would have to, as he would have to. It's only his fifth game with men. Uh, I think a bit too much was made of his tackles. I would like to have so perhaps uh, six tackles and five extra possessions. Uh, if you're tackling, it's because you didn't quite get first to the ball. Yeah, well, that's probably true too. Um, he was encouraging though, but at least just before you go, no more encouraging than Colin uh, Connor West and Patrick Nash. And some of those boys that we've sort of thought, you know, or, or, or Jake Florenka, he was no more encouraging than some of those boys that have played one game. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, they should have been. They should have had more games. Those guys. Mm-hmm. And um, on Fife, um, he, he's, he's lacking confidence. He's like he, he looks like he's a duck out of water in that team at the moment. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with him. And um, um, Haggis and Pete. Um, this holding the ball rule mm. um, over the weekend, it just happened continuously. Like, like players are getting spun 360 and, and losing the ball. Isn't, isn't that holding the ball? Well, it should be. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you, just, it's just so frustrating. Well, I think you're probably echoing the sentiments of, you know, probably what have we got? Might have two million people have watched footy over the course of the weekend, probably even more. It, it's, and every week, Lisa, it seems to be different. Mm. Yeah, and and just quickly too on on 
these play of these teams that continuously at the you know towards the end of the game running the clock down. You know that that is so boring to watch and so negative. Um, do you think at some stage the AFL are going to clamp down on that and say, mm. hey, no, no more of this? I reckon, it's, know, easy, I reckon it's easily solved. You kick backwards, it's play on. Yeah. That, that That's should... all. That'll speed it all up. Yeah. Well, it'd force your opponents to come closer to those waiting to receive the ball. Correct. It would force some manning up. And that's where Fremantle fell down on Saturday night. They did not play a man-up game when Sydney went into a, a, you know, a kick-mark game. And, and I think also the likes of late in the games, you, you're only going to get away with that being as boring as it is. And I'm sure it happens a lot in soccer too, Peter, where sides, you're well up. You just kick it around. You wait for if they don't come to you, we'll just keep kicking it around. Three nil up, or in this, in a lot of well, instances you don't do in the it, AFL. You don't do it so much in soccer because then the forwards press up against yeah, the defence and they need to get it up. So they tend to sort of waste time when the ball's around the corner flag. If you're seeing them trying to keep yeah, the ball together, either under control. way, either way, but I reckon it's an easy, easy fix for the AFL. Yeah, it's yeah. an easy fix for the AFL. Just call it play on. Thanks, uh, Lise, for your call. Just yeah. on, remember Lisa came to us last week and said, you know, look, Nick Dacos, it's the best. First year performance she's ever seen. Yes. And I, I just did do a little bit of research because I thought – I was watching Nick Dacos again on Saturday. And we got a text about Nick Dacos, but you do your stats first well, while I get Nick it Well, Nick Dacos up. on Saturday was heading towards being best on the ground. And I thought, well, let's compare some of the other – he's going to win the, the, the NAB Rising star, Nick Dacos. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that. He could, he could only lose it if he played and got suspended somehow. It's like the Brownlow. You're ineligible to win – the NAB rising star, if you've been suspe- suspended, like it is with the with the Brownlow. Nathan Buckley, in his first season, 1993, played 22 games. He averaged 23 possessions a match. He polled 14 Brownlow votes in his first season. None of the other big names, the likes of Cousins in 96, only got three, one best on ground, three Brownlow votes in his first year. Adam Goods, no Brownlow votes in his first year. Sam Mitchell, nine Brownlow votes in the year that he won it, 2003. That's the Sam Mitchell from Hawthorne. Uh, he started in, 2009, in 2002, though. He played nine games. Mm-hmm. Joel Selwood, only two Brownlow votes in his first season and won it comfortably, averaged uh, 20 possessions a game. Sam Walsh, six Brownlow votes. In his first year in 2019, averaged 25 possessions a game. Even the great Chris Strudd did not get a Brownlow vote in his first season. And I threw his name out as to a challenger to the Nick Dacos one. It was and he, he didn't, year he didn't he even arrived. win it. He didn't even win the, mm. the, the rising star in his first season. So I think Dacos possibly is heading towards, even statistically, the best first year we've seen since the inauguration of the, of the award in Nathan Buckley's yeah. year in 1993. I reckon Dacos would have Nick Dacos pushing towards a dozen votes. I wouldn't have many more than that Well, for he got him. three against Adelaide yeah. on the weekend. Don't worry about that. Now, Kylie says, would be interested because we're talking about the Eagles, in your thoughts on the ruck stocks at the Eagles. As we know, Nick Natanui out, and one wonders how much more he's got in him. But he won't ba- play. Just on that, I'm, I'm already informed he won't play this week against St Kilda. Uh, so that's Nick Natanui mm-hmm. out for at least another week. And I'm suspicious that they might be building up to make sure they've got Elliot Yo to miss another week, probably two, I heard. So Nat Newey misses this week, maybe then a traveller. Yo, two more, maybe then available against Adelaide. I reckon they're really trying to send off Josh Kennedy in something special. Nat Newey and Yo perhaps sitting towards that game as opposed to either of the next two. Okay, so this makes it interesting from Kylie. She's been on the Tempera Bedshed text line 0487. 
736736. Would be interested in your thoughts on the ruck stocks at the Eagles. Bailey Williams seems out of his depth, gets moved around too easily, has some height, but can't see him being a, a strong first ruck. Callum Jamieson has a real go around the ground, but not sure he is the long-term answer either. That's from Kyler. Your thoughts on that, Hags, regarding the uh, two young men that are shouldering the ruck responsibilities at the Eagles? Bailey Williams is the one you would have to assume they continue to work with. I mean, he's 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 had the couple of seasons on the list, three seasons on, on the list, waiting for his chance. They'd have to continue to persist with him. I, I, I suspect they've... They've lost Luke Stranatica. I mean, they, West Coast were told not to take Luke Stranatica, to take Tickle, Rin Tickle. He was their lead ruckman at East Romano, not uh, um, Stranatica. And Luke Stranatica now, with personal issues, has left the club, mm. left West Coast. So, again, someone has got it right in the first place to say to West Coast, don't take this boy, take Tickle. Uh, they didn't. So Stranatica has gone. I, I think they've got enormous troubles in the ruck. That's why they went strong, or they've been strong in the contest, to get Luke Jackson. They're not going to because he doesn't want to be part of where they're at for the next two or three or four years. He wants to stay contending, and he thinks Fremantle's a better chance than West Coast. Mm, interesting, and there's no name on this, but the Eagles only scored a goal straight after the Hawks scored a goal in the second half. It was always the same margin. They can never kick away and never will. So, in other words, uh, they never got any closer to Hawthorne after Hawthorne, of course, had that good second term. Uh, Alex says, boys, in terms of playing the kids, this is the Eagles, the kids Mm -hmm. are struggling at waffle level and would be an embarrassment if they played in the AFL. West Coast list management has not delivered. It could be that uh, in terms of, yeah, basically it could be that. Uh, so, in other words, uh, he's saying that there's there's nothing in the waffle stocks either to sort of bring up and and nurture. Yeah, and, and look, we've... We've touched on it ourselves as well, Alex, that we don't think, and I certainly don't think, that there's there's enough development of players in the waffle as well. So what are they going to do, Hags? They go to the draft and see what they can pluck out of the draft. Uh, We have mentioned that it can turn around fairly quickly for the West Coast Eagles. On what grounds can it turn around fairly quickly when some of their real robust, experienced players that have shouldered a lot of the responsibility for their wins this season may not be there next year? So where is the build and the quick turnaround that we have discussed going to come from? Well, clearly it has to come from getting pick number one. Let's say pick number – their first pick is pick number one or two. Yeah. Their second pick is pick number 18 or 19. Or 19. So pick two, pick 19. They get a pick in the mid-20s from Port and then a pick in the mid-30s. All four of those players should be picked to play round one next year. So the team would be something like this. Hearn, Barras, Duggan. Chesser. Mm-hmm. So he's a rec- hasn't played any footy. You'd have no. to still see him. McGovern, Bazo. Gaff, yo, number one draft pick. So you've, the first pick they get... Start him in the centre circle. Otherwise, you've got a dud. Yep. Get a Sam Walsh. Get a Chris Judd. Okay? She, darling, Rioli. Get Rioli fit. Make him train his backside off all summer. Mm-hmm. Waterman, Allen, Ryan. Get Liam Ryan fit. So he doesn't have a good first quarter like he did yesterday. And everyone says, oh, geez, made up for last week. He only had three positions. He's not fit. Mm. He can't play. He can't play sustained. He can't go one, two, three times in 30 or 40 seconds. He's buggered. He's got no, he's got no fitness. Natanui, question mark, but Natanui, Shuey Kelly, number 19. So your second draft pick starts on the bench, if not in the 18. Pick number 25 starts on the bench. And the best player that they can get through the preseason draft 
automatically because he's a, a, an uncontracted player, sits out, goes into the preseason draft. He's also in that 22. Probably starts on the halfback flank if they get Liam Baker. Mm-hmm. Chester in the middle, yo on the ball. So goodbye to some names there that have been around the West Coast Redden, Eagles Redden. for a considerable period of time. Petrocelli and these sort of players. See you later. Unless you Sail take, into the sunset. Unless you take these boys as your depth players. Hoff, Cole, Rotham, True, Jermaine Jones, Cripps, Foley, Petrovsky, seaton Petricelli, O'Neill, Witherden, question mark. I mean, there's 10 more players that, that make your waffle team look a lot better when they're all playing. And also the first thing they need to do, other than the draft, is get a damn good fitness and conditioning coach to make the whole group all 45 of them, and even eight or ten waffle players to make them a com- more competitive and a better learning environment for West Coast in the waffle, make everyone fitter. Okay, your thoughts on that? Get on the temper of bedshed text line 0487 736 736 or give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line. It's free now, 13 12 55. Great to have your company. Uh, Peter Vlahos, Kim Hagdon with you here on uh, the Drive program. Thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre where you get the right tool from the start. As we start to close on West Coast for this week in terms of reassessing what happened yesterday, I would like to throw out that Luke Bruce was probably best on ground with his six goals. I, I, thought, the, I thought the boy Ward, but Bruce won the game. Mm. Why does Alex Witherden play the entire game on him? Is that crucifying a player playing for his future? Witherden gets sort of good coverage, good recognition for 23 possessions. His opponent kicked six goals. He played on him the whole game. Jackson Nelson, much maligned, playing for his life, playing for his career, travels as the literally as the emergency. You're not even going to be the sub. He's played on Bruce before and kept him to a goal in those games. Mm. What? There's not enough analysis deep enough on what's happening at West Coast with Adam Simpson getting away with his survival. That one yesterday is glaring. Bruce and Witherden stayed on him the whole game. And even Jermaine Jones being lauded as a running defender has no defence. His opponent gets too much footy. He runs off. He doesn't play body on body. There's so many things that we could keep analysing about West Coast that doesn't get recognised in the coverage of where they're at. West Coast have lost 22 of their last 26 games. Yeah, it's a lot of games. 22 out that's of 26. A, that's wow. a 14% win ratio and not enough is being looked at deep enough to say, this had better turn around quickly, boys. Yeah, and if you close down Bruce yesterday, you win the game. If they, if they were fit and healthy with the way they started, if they could start every quarter like that, mm. they win the game. Okay. Uh, Josh of Canning Vale, long-suffering Docker supporters. Afternoon, guys. Just want your thoughts on Frio needing another classy ball user in the middle of the ground as I'm a 22-year member. I love Monday and Fife, but they both can't play in the same team next year. Uh, he still has faith. Uh, we were, we've been smashed at stoppages and looks like we have no answer when it comes to that area. I do still think we can make a prelim final Ooh. this year. Well, good on you, Josh. You've got faith in your that team. Is, that you... is faith. You know, that's enormous faith and good on him to have that. Um, see, I suspect, I continue to suspect Fremantle, especially having dropped this one here. I, I, I thought 
They but, could beat Sydney. They could still miss yeah, the top four. Yeah, but we've four. said that a couple of times during the course of the year, yep. and they've bounced back, haven't they, Hags? They have. They've when bounced they bounce back. They bounce back. But now they're running out of games, so they need to win the games we expect them to win. I think some of the boys that have played such big uh, roles with them and, and influential and match-winning roles, like Andrew Brayshaw, like Will Brody are starting to hit the wall and opposition sides are starting to hit them as well. The attention on Brayshaw to halftime on Saturday uh, night was very significant and opposition sides will do that. They'll force those changes. They'll force Andrew Brayshaw to get lots of possessions well deep into defence. Some of the boys that have helped them win, like particularly the win from, uh, from round three right through until round eight, they then dropped the two, as we know, to Gold Coast and Collingwood. Then they won three in a row with big wins over Melbourne and Brisbane and then Hawthorne here. Uh, then they went to their bye. Uh, their success formula is now being exposed because I think the boys are starting to be – they're looking a bit weary and not running the games out as they did, not running on top of the ga- ground. And some of the boys that you didn't sort of expect to have great games at times like they did, like – Frederick, like Walker, like Schultz, they're being closer guarded because they've exposed themselves to a certain degree. Uh, and I think also with Fremantle, um, they they can't fall back on Fife to Monday and Monday to do it when those boys are being held or even resting off the ball to recover bench or wing or whatever, because Fife and Monday and certainly Monday's past their best in the big heavy heavy congested and heavy battled games. Okay, let's have a look at some of the other results. Uh, a Chapman and O'Driscoll in time to come was uh, was it Josh? You said from correct Josh in time. So next year, Fremantle have to look to not playing David Mundy next year. I, I think it's clear to me that David Mundy should not be playing next year because when the, it gets really heavy going, and and we'll see how he goes in the finals. But you'd like to think that Chapman and O'Driscoll are playing Mundy type roles as of pretty soon and certainly into next year. Mm. They got the big they've got bodies like him and they can play a long career as opposed to just a handful of good games a season. Let's quickly have a snapshot before we uh wind up. We've got another ten minutes or yep. so. Uh what about Melbourne? Now Melbourne's an interesting one when you look at their draw now. They've got the Bulldogs at Marvel, then they've got Fremantle here, Collingwood, Ooh, Carlton and Brisbane. Yeah. So yeah. all of a sudden I reckon the acids on the Melbourne Demons. Okay, they won at Traeger Park on the weekend against Port But we're riding Port off, aren't we? Correct. We're riding Port off. And so all of a sudden, they have got five difficult games. Even the Bulldogs game won't be easy because they're still, because of what happened to Richmond, still in the mix. So Melbourne, let's – what are you giving them, Peter? Do- what, Bulldogs, what? Fremantle, Collingwood, Carlton, Brisbane. You're giving them two? Well, well, Collingwood, for me, could probably get them at the MCG. Yeah. Even Carlton, possibly. Brisbane must be a good chance at the Gabba. So the ones I'm giving them possibly is the Bulldogs and maybe Frio here, depending on where Frio are at. Yeah, yeah. Look, Collingwood are going to falter somewhere. Collingwood have now won eight in a row. So they're going to drop one. Oh, well, I think so. I, I don't see how they could win Essendon, Port, Melbourne, Sydney, Carlton through until the finals and turn that into 13 yeah. in succession. They'll drop one somewhere because, as we've just said, Peter, Opposition sides deeply analyse each other and they try to, they'll bring them unstuck. And also your own arrogance, your own complacency, your own offensive nature. You know, eight, seven or eight or nine times out of a ten, every time we, we have a ball contest or a congestion, we all start running forward. Mm. One Now and again, that's going to fall over. You don't get the easy run, the easy game. And Collingwood, they have to drop one somewhere. But they are heading towards top four, along with Sydney. 
Look at Sydney. With what Sydney did to Fremantle on Saturday night, it opens them up for top four finish. Well, they, they've got the best draw, really. Go on. Have you got it there? They've got Adelaide at the SCG this yep. week. Then they've got the uh, Sydney Derby, the Battle of the Bridge against Grey or Western Sydney at the SCG, North Melbourne at Marvel, Collingwood at home, and then St Kilda at Marvel. So is there five there? There's five there. To turn it into seven in a row and eight out of their last nine, Sydney. To finish, they have got the best. Finish. They have got the best draw for the last five weeks. What we, yes, they have. But what we're drawing here is is a set of targets at Melbourne. Mm. Melbourne fall over. You've got Collingwood and Sydney and Fremantle battling for third, fourth, and fifth. Yeah, and Melbourne perhaps into that mix as well. Back so Sydney can climb from six. Collingwood can climb from fifth. Melbourne from second and Fremantle can, from fourth could drop into the bottom part of the eight. Mm. And Brisbane's draw is. Sort of lukewarm. It's it's difficult, but again, it can be also seen to be a bit softer. Gold Coast at the Gabba this week, then Richmond at the G, and we don't know where Richmond at. Then they've got Carlton at home, then they've got St Kilda at Marvel, then mm. they've got Melbourne at home. So, Bris- so I'm I'm giving Brisbane Gold Coast at the Gabba this week. Carlton at the Gabba. Yep. Melbourne at the Gabba. Yes. And then they probably well, they've only they've only lost two. Of their last 35 games at the Gabba, home and away. So So you'd have to pencil them in for wins at home. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break and come and analyse it more. We've got a few more texts we've got to go through. Get on the Tempera Bedshed text line, the number 0487 736 736. You're with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn. So where are the Tigers? Here's Damien Hardwick. Look, there's probably two things. I thought our, uh, our general intent, I thought early in the first half, was poor. You know, pressure rating of 1.6 was abysmal. We're paid to kick goals. We didn't. Uh, that's the reality of it. And, and, you know, the last defensive 50 goal was poor. Um, we should have been better. Can't let a guy come from the other side of the pack and just stroll through. It was uh, ridiculous and probably sums up us, really. It's Richmond killing Richmond at the moment. Richmond killing Richmond. Yeah, and look, that's a secure coach because I think that's... If he has said that publicly, his media conference, he knows it's public, um... Imagine what he has said to his players behind closed doors. Imagine what he has said to Jack Rewalt, who kicked two six. Imagine what he has said to Shy Bolton, who just continued to skylark and get exaggerated coverage about, oh, he's a superstar. He's the next Dustin Martin. Just not I even. I reckon he's going to win the Jack Dyer medal for the fairest and best at Richmond. That would be an indictment because he just makes too many mistakes. I mean, he he kicked uh, he kicked two behinds. Jack kicks two six. Cumberland three four. Uh, that, and, and Bolton two points. So what's that? That's two. That's that's seven fourteen between them, mm. and you you lose the game. That's a coach there, Damien Hardwick, who's very secure, and I reckon he's put his very publicly he's put his players on notice. That's that's not good for Fremantle because now Richmond just have to win. I reckon on Saturday night because a, a question for mine is where the Bulldogs sit. I'm ruling out St Kilda at nine and eight, so they're on equal points to Richmond in in eighth spot. Richmond with the better percentage naturally. So St Kilda, if if they turn up at all on Sunday, then they might look competitive. I reckon on the road and mm. then claim, well, oh, we've we've done a lot of homework through the week. You know, we wanted to be contested ball. We knew we had to have territory ground. This is the garbage they come out with. Just play some decent footy, show some spirit, and share the ball and use it better. And don't bomb it to Max King and expect the kid to take marks. Expect memory to take marks against Barras and Hearn, for instance. I'm ruling St Kilda out. I'm ruling Port out. It's Western Bulldogs. Where do they sit? Because I thought their statement, I know it was only St Kilda, but the way they did it on Friday night and Marcus Bontempelli, who looked fresh for the first time this season, I reckon even round one and two, 
he was playing good footy. He just looked as though he was carrying something from the summer. But uh, that, to my, for mine, that was a message that we're not going away, the Bulldogs. And so, therefore, anyone falters at the bottom end. So if Richmond did drop to Fremantle this week, then Richmond are in danger of missing the finals. And I don't reckon Damien Hardwick's going to accept that. And I think that's why he was like, he was pretty stern there, Peter. So imagine what it was like behind closed doors to say, we've got bloody Fremantle on Friday and we are slipping out of the top eight. Mm. Only a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, oh, Richmond are coming, they're top four. Yeah, we were. Yeah, and now uh, they could miss it. So, you know, they, they lost one, one, two after their bye, lost one. One one lost two by two points and four points, but they kicked themselves out of both yeah. of those. They should have won both of those over Gold Coast and North Melbourne. Okay, let's go back to the Dockers. Rory Lobb uh, would have had a couple of little uh, fire ups at quarter time and also at three quarter time to get him through the game because that uh, shoulder. You're talking about injections, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that that arm looked very very limp indeed. So where's he at at the moment? Well, you'd have to consider these. He's got to be really doubtful for Friday night. It's a short break. I mean, they play Saturday. He hasn't they been travel, listed at all. Travel as... travel Thursday. Well, I don't think they're going to list. They're going to list him because uh, it wasn't obvious enough that he was going to miss. And and he did get through the game. Bravely got through the game by you saying, Peter, surely assistance. He would have had some painkillers, certainly at half time. He got through, but he was, it was hanging by his arm. It, it was. Like a, like a chicken with a busted mm. wing. So he become, he's a big story. The other one, too, is Alex Pierce. Again, we hark back to, oh, look, he just had a slight calf niggle in the warm up. So we, we tapped him out. He misses two games. So he's got to be an injury watch again all this week too because he's going to be critical for Friday night as well, even though Lynch is not playing. I think I think Rewalt, Jack Rewalt, not that he would play. Logue probably. It wasn't Logue's job on Buddy Franklin impressive. Mm, very he was impressive. One of the few winners, I thought, for Fremantle on, uh, on Saturday night. He was night. good. Yeah. The other one with Rory Lobb that's not going to go away. Let, let's declare it, Peter. Let, let's stop beating around the bush. Rory Lobb has got a four-year deal at the Western Bulldogs. I said last Monday, I think it was, that Essendon had joined the race. Rule that out. St Kilda are still keen to try to talk more with Rory Lobb's management, but St Kilda and Rory Lobb have agreed to a four-year deal. He'll be going because he has to go. He's a massive part of the strategy for Fremantle to clear enough players and enough salary to get Luke Jackson. Where's Blake Akers at, do you think? Uh, very much. I saw some comment over the weekend from football manager Peter Bell. Yeah. Neither, nothing said he's staying. Nothing was as strong. It was all, oh, we're in dialogue. And, yeah, look, we, we love him. He loves the club. Well, we know all that. Their statement's a fact. He is very much on the market. A lot of interest in, in Blake Akers in, in the East on three- and four-year deals at better money than what Fremantle are offering you for one year. So he's, he's, on, he's likely to move. Logue, very likely to move. Hamling will go. Mundy has to go. And uh, Connor Blakely has to go. He's out of contract. That makes the money for Jackson's 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 million a year for eight years. Good on you, Hags. Thanks for joining us on this Monday night, the footy review night. Here on Drive with Peter Vlahos, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Thanks, Jimmy and the boys in there, in the producer's area. I'll be back again tomorrow from five. Look forward to your company then here on SENWA.